0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. You're listening on the Grace FM radio network. You're listening live. If you're on Hope FM or Truth FM around the country, uh, you're listening on the radio, you're hearing it on one week delayed. Of course, if you're listening online, it's live. And we're grateful that you are a part of the show. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. And this is the show where we take your calls. So give me a call. Be on the air. 303 690 3000. 303 690 3000 is the number. And of course, if you're in a safe place, you can also text the show. We have a dedicated text line. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. Give me a call. What's on your mind today? What kind of questions do you have? What kind of prayer requests do you have? I would love to talk to you about them. Open the Bible together. 303 690 I want to invite you to download the free app that we have for our church. And on it is uh, just about every study that's ever been taught here at Calvary. And a lot of guests coming through, uh, a lot of series, a lot of questions answered. Uh, we just posted uh, a, an event that we held here called The Huddle. And it is a it was a servanthood leadership gathering for our church. Uh, and uh, also intended to bless those that serve in the body of Christ, but it was primarily for our church but we posted it to make it available so that you can be encouraged. Oh, sorry about that. I don't have the button close to me uh, to shut the microphone down. So, uh, we posted that for you and we are, um, making it available. We're going to be doing them quite a bit. We call them the huddle. We call it the huddle and it's a gathering where we come together as a, as a group of leaders and servants and pray together and, uh, the Lord gives us a word of encouragement of where we are and what's going on and download it on our app. Just go to the app store and put in the words Calvary Aurora um, and it'll pop right up 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number phone lines are wide open going to take a prayer request here off the air, Kathy's calls and has a daughter and three sons, um, daughter with three sons in Washington, and there's a hearing tomorrow uh, regarding uh, some difficulty in the marriage there, so Father, we pray for Kathy's daughter, and we do thank you for the justice system, um, and we pray that it would work, and that the truth would come out, and that a, a just decision would be made to protect this woman and her three kids and we pray for this husband god we we know that you can change a person and we know that they can change instantly and so we pray god that there would be change uh, in this man's life that he would hear the gospel and be born again that would be the the real amazing transformation of the gospel and and so we just pray for Kathy as she's thousands of miles away wrestling with the reality of where her daughter is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions and your uh, texting. Let me see. Uh, go back to my text line just to see if anyone's there. And uh, in... Here's a question that came through on the text line. Is yoga a sin? Is yoga a sin? Well, the best way to answer that question is to ask ourselves, where did yoga come from? Uh, and the the roots of yoga are in Eastern mysticism. And the if I remember correctly, I, I need to think it through a little bit, but I think it's Hinduism is where the reality of yoga comes from. The word yoga literally means to be one or to be in union, and the goal is to unite one's temporary self with the infinite Brahman, the Hindu concept of God. This God is not a literal being, but is an impersonal spiritual substance that is one with nature and the cosmos, and the view from Hinduism is pantheism. Um, You know, yoga in its uh, spiritual root is something that I believe Christians should stay away from, but the stretching part of yoga, the idea of being able to strengthen uh, one's body through uh, stretches and things is certainly uh, something that God would have us to do, Um, but the the idea that y- that the, the, the essence of yoga, it depends you know and, and where somebody's leading it um could could very well lead down a path of um, something that we would want to stay away from. Um and so w- the reality of uh yoga and the union with the Hindu god of the Brahman um would then prevent the ability for something to be Christian yoga. You could call it Christian stretching, you could call it christian working out you could call it christian a lot of things but yoga in its very definition is anti-god at least the biblical view of god uh and so the idea behind yoga is that man and god is one and uh it has a a sense of self-worship now let's let's look at it step back just a little bit here and let's be reasonable I believe most people involved in yoga are doing it for the sake of the stretches. Now, I've never participated in it, so I can't speak to that. Um, I've never been in a class. I've never, and so I don't know how it's led. I don't know what the leader does. But like anything, we have to walk in wisdom. Uh, we have to walk in discernment. Uh, and and if what we're doing can be done to the glory of God, then we should do it. If it can't be done to the glory of God, then we should find an alternative that can. Good question. Thanks. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Let me before I get to the phone lines, as they're filling up. Let me take another text that just came through. It says, "At what point did you completely let go of your old life that you were feeling in that moment?" Well, I can't say that I fully let go of my old life, uh, in the sense that my flesh is always with me, and it's a constant reminder. Uh, whether I get angry or I. Um, do something that displeases God, whether I commit a sin, uh, where I'm choosing not to abide in Christ. Uh, and so I don't know that completely letting go of my old life is even possible this side of eternity because we're walking around in the flesh. However, I think I understand the essence of your question, and that is, uh, when did I what w- at, at what point in my life, if you're speaking, I can answer that personally, at what point did my life as Ed Taylor? Began to change and that was when I was born again and I read the Bible and I listened to Bible studies with my pastor and on the radio uh, in Southern California where I grew up and I began to believe what the Bible said and act on it and the Bible said I could be free from drinking and so I was free. The Bible said I could be free from drunkenness and I was free the Bible said I could be free from uh, the reality of of uh, drug use and abuse and, and any other sin that I was committing. And so the habitual part of my life was broken, and and I began to believe God. And I would say every failure that I've ever had uh, is when I haven't believed God. And and so I, I want you. I I know you text in, but you should call. I want to talk. I would love to talk to you about what you're thinking. That I could. Zero in using the scriptures to really help you think through what, what, you're, what you're asking. You know, the Bible says that in Christ we're new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, and that's a spiritual reality. Uh, that's a spiritual reality that's lived out in the practical day-by-day surrender and obedience in our lives. As we obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and the clear teaching of the scriptures. Like what the Bible says, it means, uh, and 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 even uh, one more thing: uh, one place of rapid spiritual growth. If you want to accelerate uh, spiritual growth in your life, when you approach something that's in the gray area where you could go to the left or to the right, ask yourself: Is this going to glorify God? Don't answer that question. Well, it doesn't matter because it's in the gray area. I understand that and understand that that's a part of life where in the gray area um, where something is not necessarily a sin or even it's not a sin at all, but will it edify you? Will it build you up? Will it strengthen someone else? Will it glorify God? And in the gray areas of life, if we start to make decisions, not based on our own desires, but toward the things of God, God will honor that, and you'll find rapid spiritual growth. And it's not enough just to say, well, we'll let the Holy Spirit convict us on that. No, you have a mind. You have an ability to choose. You have been given new life, so you're awakened to righteousness, so that in the gray areas of life, uh, that's such a vital part of the believer's life. If you will start making decisions toward glorifying God. I know, okay, it's not sinful. So we've passed that level of decision-making because that's an easy level of decision-making, isn't it? Black and white. Is it sin? Don't do it. Is it not sin? It's There's a freedom to do it. Okay, but what about when the Bible is a little gray on that or even when the Bible declares something not sin? Um, or is it the best thing to do to glorify God? And if we live like that, You know, it's sort of like when I took my kids when they were much younger to the Grand Canyon. The Bible, I mean, excuse me, the the signs at the Grand Canyon are pretty clear. Stay away from the edge. Stay away from the edge. So what did my kids do? The boys, they went right up to the edge. So much so they kicked little rocks over the edge of the Grand Canyon. at some of the places we were making, that we were viewing it. And some people live their life like that. They're trying to see how close they can get to sin without falling over. And it's always a precarious place that if you always want to live off life on the edge like that, thinking of only yourself and what pleases you and, and what your personal convictions are, instead of allowing the, the Lord through his word and the conviction of his spirit to grow you. And I think those gray areas. matter of fact, I taught a Bible study. If you go to the app or to our website and just put in gray areas, um, that Bible study will pop up, and it's a very powerful one. But appreciate that question. Very good. Let's go to the phone lines today. Sam is on line one. Sam, welcome to the program. Hey, Sam, you're in Denver, and you're on the air. All right. doesn't look like we have Sam on the air, but Sam's question was predestination or free will. Heard about hyper-Calvinism and doesn't like what he heard. Yeah, I'm not a proponent of hyper-Calvinism either. Neither am I a proponent of hyper-Grace or hyper- um, Armenianism uh, and and so trying to find a balance, the Bible teaches both predestination and man's free will. and the issue of disagreement is uh, what what is the definition of those uh, and how do they cooperate together? That's what causes a lot of people frustration. Uh, I did a series of Bible studies on these very topics uh, in Romans chapter 9, 10 and 11. So if you go to our website, I ask the question, What is predestination, sanctification, glorification? Um, I believe I did a Bible study on man's free will. Uh, They both exist. How they cooperate together is a mystery. The Bible doesn't tell us and answer that question for us. Um, I don't subscribe to Calvinistic theology. Uh, Neither do I subscribe to Arminius theology. Um, But rather, I... uh, to the best of my ability, I'll try to allow the Bible to define itself and not be read through a grid of someone's teachings or theology. And of course, none of us are perfect with that, so I think one of the great surprises of heaven will be um, just where we were wrong or where we did err, uh, but I neither, in our Bible studies and uh, the, the statement of faith of our church, we neither subscribe to Calvinism uh, in any form. I'm not a three-point, two-point. I'm a zero-point Calvinist. Um, because it's a it's a unified system, uh, they they all five all five elements of tulip and sometimes six are suggested. Um, I forget what they what what you, what they use to describe that, but it's a unified system, and it's all or nothing because the each point is defined from a Calvinistic framework. Um, so I'm a zero point. Although I do believe in predestination, I do believe in eternal security. Uh, I do believe in the unlimited atonement of Jesus Christ uh, and the availability of, of salvation to everyone. Uh, I, I just don't believe in those things as a Calvinist would def- define them. So three zero three six nine zero three thousand. those studies are up on the web because it is so controversial uh, and what you heard with hyper-Calvinism should disturb you um, and it should be rejected. So give me a call, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 690 Text me directly uh, for the show, 336, excuse me, 720-336-0897. Let's see here. In 1 Timothy 3.3, another text coming through, it says, it states that the elders in the church must not be heavy drinkers. Is this saying that we can drink not just heavily? Can you explain this? So let's read uh, 1 Timothy 3.3 and allow... The Lord, it says, um, that's the New Living, says he must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. Uh, The New King James says uh, that uh, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. And so in 1 Timothy 3, the Bible is uh, clearly stating that an elder in the church should not be a drunkard uh, and not be prone to increased drinking. Uh, of of alcohol in this case it was primarily wine uh, and wine remember in Middle Eastern culture was a was a beverage uh, that was used prim- uh, uh, many times in in exchange for water because there wasn't soda pop there wasn't any of the many of the alternatives that we have today it was water which was very disease ridden or wine um, today man has invented all kinds of alcoholic drinks but the the idea here is verse 3, is not a prohibition against drinking. The Bible uh, is very clear uh, and does not categorize drinking alcohol as a sin. So from chapter 3, verse 3, uh, the idea between an overseer or a bishop is that they're not a drunken man and they're not a heavy drinker. Of course, those are um, drunkenness is easier to pin down than a heavy uh, drinker, uh, and... And so the the it's become kind of hip these days uh, in the Western Church to drink uh, and for pastors to do that you know craft beer making beer in their basement um, craft whiskey I saw recently some guys pounding down craft vodka and its just become a little cottage industry and and a fun thing to sit around and talk about theology and and drink alcohol and and uh, that is not necessarily in the realm of sin. I don't think it's and so so in the Bible's case, you know I tend it just depends on which way you want to look. Um, you know which scriptures do you want to emphasize uh, because when Solomon's mom, and here's the king of the king of Israel, the unified Kingdom, when saw when um when his mom was teaching him, um well, really <clears throat> it says. It's written by the king, but this is what his mom taught him. It says in Proverbs 31, verse 1, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. And when you jump down to verse 4, it says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it's not for kings to drink wine, nor princes intoxicating drink. And so, from the mother's wisdom, and also reserved for us, inspired by the Holy Scriptures, like the Spirit of God inspired these words... Uh, it's not wise. It's not for kings to do it. And so it really depends, when it comes to this question, it really depends on what scriptures you want to emphasize and how you choose, how you want to live your Christian leadership life. Uh, and, and so in, in light of my background and where I've come from and the damage that I've personally seen, um, I choose to abstain. I don't want anything to do with it. Now, some people would look at that and say, well, you know, because of Pastor Ed's background, he encourages abstaining. The answer to that is, of course. Of course I do. Um, But it's not merely because of my background. It's because of the absolute destruction that alcohol has done. But if a person drinks uh, a beer or some craft vodka or whatever, does that mean they're sinning? I don't believe it does. Um, and if they were leading in the church, I would strongly encourage them to consider the people that they're serving. And I always like to um, share this email. It's only it's only representative because you know when people want to disagree or fight, they make it an Ed Taylor thing, but it actually isn't an Ed Taylor thing at all. Or they make it a Calvary Chapel thing. It's not a Calvary Chapel thing at all. It's just wisdom. What scriptures do you want to emphasize in your life and and how do you want to lead um, and so you could I, I don't think this was your question but you know you could say well you know it says that in 1 Timothy 3 Paul said it, don't don't get drunk you know not to be given to wine not to be poured out you know and um because you could even read um where uh later on as as Paul's writing in 1 Timothy 3 uh to describe um deacons Uh, they're not to be given to much wine, um, but their wives are just to be temperate in all things. So you're like, well, man, if I'm going to be anything, I want to be a deacon's wife because they're not given any prohibition. But again, it just really speaks to the heart of the matter. And I've been sharing this with the leaders of our church for some time now, and it's the heart of the matter is always a matter of the heart. And, And so, no, the Bible does not declare drinking as a sin in and of itself, but it also doesn't approve it, like just go for it, like loving your neighbor. Uh, love is always the highest priority. And if I can do something and express love, like like for example, I always like to ask people, which one of your children cannot handle alcohol? Which one of your children is going to become an alcoholic? And I know that's a startling statement, but if you bring alcohol into the house, it's what you're training your kids in. That's what you're showing your kids, and so the parents' question and you know answer is usually, "Well, I don't know," and I I would answer, "True, I don't know either," but why why give some kind of explicit approval to something that may damage your kids? Um, it's it's very difficult for me, so I, I lean toward ab, to, to abstaining, and and one of the reasons is uh, here's an email that I received, and it's only representative of many people I speak to, but. It's a brother by the name of Tony. He might even be listening in right now. Came to our church uh, back in 2015, 2014, and uh, was messed up, you know, struggling with alcohol his whole life. And he says, hey, pastor, thank you. And I have permission to share this. Hey, pastor, thank you for talking with me and my wife in between services two Sundays ago. I've been trying to get sober for years. And their story that they share with me, by the way, was a very heartbreaking one. I'm reaching out to you for help. You said you're going to pray for me that day, and I appreciate it. And then check this out. My wife is typing this out tonight as I've been drinking. And that was after a commitment of sobriety was made, and he went back to the bottle. You know how it, it's difficult. I know, not, I know not everybody falls into that category, but I want to be able to look them in the eye with the authority of the power of God in my life, because it's really not even my choice. God, God gave me this conviction. And look him in the eye and go, hey, look, bro, God can thoroughly save you from alcohol or drugs or whatever else somebody's into. There's a power that's outside of yourself. And so for elders, I think it's very careful. Elder must be very careful. And it goes back to our early discussion, how he makes decisions in the gray areas, um, not looking for ways to say, well, I can do this. And it's not that big a deal because the Bible says I can. Um, but in other places, the Bible says you shouldn't. So what will you choose? How we make those choices will really help us. Great question. Thanks for texting in. Uh, Let's go to line one. I've been waiting very patiently. Jeannie's calling from Kiowa. Jeannie, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today?
0: Good. How's Kiowa doing?
1: It's Good. It's beautiful. There's not too many people out here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I hear <laughs> it's super awesome. windy. Like you, I think you get blown away if you walk outside your front door.
1: Yeah, it's a little windy. I have to admit that. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so what can I do for so much you? For, well, thanks for taking my call. I'm really excited to get to talk to you. I've been wanting to about for about a year now, uh, but never got around to it. So um, my issue today is and has been for a year. Um my daughter called me um it was like a year ago in August and basically let me know that she was is a lesbian. Okay. And it was an incredible shock for me. Um she hadn't lived at home for a while so but we talked like, you know, every almost every day. So and then it stops for a while but Anyway, um, I just, I have been struggling with this for over a year. I don't, I have no idea how to reconcile this inside of myself between having a daughter, you know, that I love and I was always close to and now having her, you know, become something that was, and I don't, I'm not like, uh, I don't hate gays, I don't hate gay people. I just, I feel like our culture is uh, promoting. Um, homosexuality i feel like it's trying to normalize it and i really struggle with that so i don't know i'm just i need help i need help here
0: it, it's it's a difficult scenario that, to to have when our children decide to to live a way number 1 different than the way that they were raised and number 2 uh contrary to our to the to the clear teachings of the Bible. You know, this is right. a cultural decision that your daughter has made. And, and no doubt, not knowing your daughter, no doubt she has real feelings for this person. Uh, mm-hmm. She has a real connection to them, you know, on a deep level and, and has chosen to live out on these desires and these feelings. And when coming to the crossroads of, will I, will I live in this sexual way with, with this woman? Or will I live a biblical way? She's chosen a way away from God. And it, it is troubling uh, and it is difficult. But we're coming up on the break. So I'm going to hold you over to, to the other side and see if we can't um, talk a little bit about how we serve someone. Because one of the things that's, that's going to be most challenging but it's going to be the most effective is that we don't view our children by the sin that they're in. Because mm. what, what that does is it kills our hope for them and mm. it, it kill it it just it just destroys like like for example uh in a similar situation i met a a dad recently whose daughter uh is a heroin addict and it's very difficult for him to see her um uh, as to see through the heroin addiction i mean she do, he does and and speaking hope and encouragement um but i mean she's she's shooting so much dope up into her body that they are having to give her five shots of Narcan to wake her up. I mean, it's wow, it, she's bad. far along, and so he also living in a broken heart of a decision where his daughter is now physiologically addicted to this substance. But it started with a decision to say, I was raised a certain way, but now I want to go this way, not understanding that this way would be a very difficult trial. Um, so I've got a couple ideas, and then you then I want to hear from you, okay? So we're coming up on a break, uh, we're going to put Jeannie, back on hold. You're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, and we are grateful to be a part of all that God is doing uh, throughout the city here, throughout the metro area. Hello, you guys. Um, Somebody called, text in from Baltimore. What's the name of the church there? It's called Haven City Church. Go to baltimorechurch.com, and I'll mention that later, but I text you back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, We also have a radio broadcast on on many of the stations that carry Calvary Live, uh, it's Abounding Grace. And you can find any archives on our podcast. Just search Abounding Grace in iTunes. Or we also have a slot on OnePlace.com, uh, and we use that to archive our radio broadcast. So thank you for joining us. I want to also remind you that uh, the station here, Grace FM, and even the station you're listening to this on is supported by the generous gifts uh, and prayers of the listeners and uh, we we haven't done in eight years I don't know if we ever will but we haven't done in eight years a major uh request you know kind of I don't think we'd do a plays drive or anything but we'd probably do something where we could just say hey would you consider supporting us would you consider investing in the kingdom of God through grace FM or the local station you're hearing Calvary live on um, because I know the lord would bless it So for us, you can go to gracefm.com, give right through there. It's a, you know, because you hear radio and you think, wow, you know, like it's probably like any other radio station uh, that it's probably like any other radio station that is uh, um, on the air, like we have an unlimited supply of resources, but but we don't. We're a church and it's a church radio station and it's a ministry literally of our church and uh, we're just grateful to make it available to you. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand six nine oh three thousand we left right before the break uh Jeannie was calling um <clears throat> uh she was calling from Kiowa welcome back Jeannie
1: i'm here thank you
0: so you you have you have uh come to um a crossroads with your with your daughter uh that you could say if she's a believer she's m- moved into a backslidden Um, type of life where she has chosen to live contrary to the way you raised her and the way that you know the Bible teaches. And so your effort to reconcile some of the things you're seeing in your daughter is just going to be impossible um, because Mm. she's clearly chosen um, to live a life sexually uh, that God prohibits and warns against and mm. even defines for us you know the bible defines marriage it's not a human invention the bible defined it and uh, and so it's a pro- it's a it's a difficulty um what what are your thoughts so far
1: um i just i'm feeling um well she stopped i don't think she is a believer any longer i she was like okay. 10 when i came to the lord about 20 years ago and um, so she had, you know, I don't know what happened. She was involved in the church. I think she got hurt a few times here and there and just kind of turned away and went to some friends, you know, went, went the direction away from from God. And uh, so I think that, you know, like she kind of went as far from us as she could. I think it just okay. like became, you know, um, yeah. Well, and, let's um, think through and,
0: some of these things. So that, that's, yeah. you know, I, I would say she probably wasn't a believer to begin with. Uh, and as she came to the age where she's making decisions, she just is still living a life of resistance toward God. Mm, and, mm-hmm.
1: Could be and, for sure. Think
0: about, the, think about the life of Jesus. You know, the people that Jesus spent most of his time with were people that many church going folks don't want anything to do with. And I think your Uh daughter is in a category like that. It's hard to wrap, for some, it's hard to wrap your mind around the reality of the ministry of Jesus, who was always surrounded by people that were um, relegated and pushed out on the fringes of society. And, you know, your daughter is a human being that Jesus Christ died for. He loves her. And Uh she's involved in some behaviors that are very difficult uh, to see, but you know you have a very special love like only a mom can have for her daughter and your prayers and your your strategic because i think the challenge and you can you can tell me uh, you can tell me if this is true or not but the challenge is, is that it you you might think if you eat dinner with her or go to the eliches or a rodeo or whatever that you might be approving of her behavior and Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be approving of her behavior by being a mom to her. You wouldn't. Uh, you would have to figure out what you could stomach, uh, what you where you could, you know, where you would draw the line. But being a part of her life is so critical and so vital for you. At any level, she would allow you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's, that without, that's a challenge.
0: <laughs> you know, and that it could be writing her a card. Um, maybe it starts where you don't have personal contact, but you just, you, you buy six cards and you write, you write, you write out one every month to her and just, Hey, maybe it's a memory uh, that you had of her, or maybe it's a, and, and see, cause here's the thing. This is the mistake we make. And I think we all make it at some time to time is we are stumbled by the sin. And so that's all we can see. Mm-hmm. And the person is more than their sin. And I know you know that, but just for the sake of everyone listening, like, and so we think we have to address it all the time. And even the other person, they get all defensive. Oh, you know, mom, you're just doing this because you know I'm a lesbian. And you're like, no, I just, I just want you to know that I love you and that I'm glad I gave birth to you and that I'm always here for you. And, and, you know, it wouldn't be at this stage like writing a bunch of scriptures to her. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, people that are unequally yoked in their marriage. You know, they they get overzealous and they they put they put tracks on the toilet and they make a sandwich and put a. Tr- I, I, obviously, <laughs> it's going to be relational, right? And and mm-hmm. I think you can find a dozen different ways to love your daughter that has nothing to do with the choices that she's making, and neither would you be approving of it. And then, and you know, you may have to draw the line of something where you just can't approve of that, uh, and that's okay. It is okay to have a line that's drawn, but if you've sown love, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we uh, sow to the Spirit, we will reap everlasting life. And so when Mm. you sow seeds Mm. of the Spirit into her life, and you affirm your love for her, and maybe that's where you start. You do it from a distance. You do it with a text message. You do it, and she comes, you know, she might be defensive. She might be um, questioning. She might... She, she's. I'm sure there's a lot going on in her life that have. She's built walls around her heart, and she probably has a hard heart. She's probably angry a little bit, maybe holding grudge. I mean, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But she's separate from God, and whether it's she's whether she's a bank robber in prison, or she's chosen this life, or she's living with some guy, it's all the same. It's all the same, and mm-hmm. it's just our response that is different.
1: I think because I'm I, dealing I'm, with some anger myself, because I I think I feel this betrayal, and so that might be part of what's, you know, standing in the way of me, being able to see um, what you're saying, you know, and, and feel, feel the love, and, you know, re- respond to that. I think yes. I just, I think I'm really angry and need to forgive, I guess.
0: I think that's a great revelation that the Lord just gave you, because... I can understand the offense that would be taken um that you know and, and as a parent myself and, and just coming to that conclusion saying that's not the way I raised you um mm-hmm. and yet at right. the same time that you brought it all the way to the end and 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 really she's not making these decisions primarily against you she's making mm. them primarily against God her sin is against mm. God and and there's probably some personal level of that but that's the risk that we take when we have children. And, you know, they're so manageable when they're young. That's why we all wish our kids were young uh, because they just basically did what we told them to do and, and, uh, and, and then they grew up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, we were trying to train them, you know, especially for somebody like me where my life was so jacked up that I, I just I wasn't trying to make them good little Christian kids. I just wanted them to avoid all of the junk that I brought up. It was a, I lived a very painful life, and I caused a lot of pain to people. And if I could help my kids love God so much that they would not experience half the pain that I did, man, I would just mm-hmm. be so encouraged. And, and I, I think that's the key. I think I gave you a, a great idea that I, I, I think would be beautiful. And, um, and just take a note out. Think of something that you love about your daughter and write it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm I don't willing think the,
1: to try it
0: I don't think the first card should be and this is just my advice so you can take it pray over it and ask God to confirm it but I don't think it should be I just want you to know I forgive you for this lifestyle you've chosen um, because that's right. a relational I think you can do that before God you know you can do that Say, God, I just release me from my frustration with my daughter. I ask you to help me to forgive her. And then you're working toward that conversation so that you can humble yourself before her. You know, what a powerful thing. And I hope she's listening. I hope she's a secret listener because (laughs) it's a powerful thing for a parent to humble themselves and say, I I want you to know that I've been mad at you and that's wrong. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm still your mom. I love you. I am hurt, but the right response to hurt is not anger and frustration and bitterness or whatever else, whatever else you say. Um, right. And, and the discussion is not always about her decision to live the lesbian lifestyle. Right, and right. I, th- I think if you open up like that and you send a note like that to her, it's just going to tick her off because she says, what did she have to, what did I do? You know, It's like, no, I'm just going to spread seeds of love. I'm going to express my love yeah. to you. I'm going to set this sin aside right now because it's really not my business. It's your business, and you're going to have to answer to God for it. But my role in your life is to love you, to encourage you. And if you let me in, because you, what you're asking is permission to come back into her life. That's really yeah. what's happening here. You're you're looking for, like like, for example, when somebody comes to me and asks me for counsel, like you do, you invited me into your life. Now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how far you're going to let me go on this, but... I'm going to take mm-hmm. the little bit that you gave me and build on that. And and I want to build in our conversation. I'm, first of all, I want to have a conversation. I want to build in that so that even in my counsel to you, you don't feel all beat up for being a bad mom because you're not. Mm-hmm. You're just a mom that's faced some things that are very difficult to handle. I'm sure you've made mistakes along the way. And then the Lord's mm-hmm. going to encourage you. And Though a woman falls seven times, she'll rise again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're you're wanting to get invited. You you, you can insert yourself because you're mom. So you're gonna do that gently. But ultimately what you really want is for your daughter to invite you into her life. I know that's scary for you because it's a crazy life she's living right now, but it's not everything. She's still the little girl you brought home from the hospital.
1: I actually had her at home. <laughs> um Well, you yeah, Kyron's <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I it's one of the hardest things that I've gone through. I mean, honestly, with my and I've had, you know, I haven't had an easy life, but just all the things that it stirred up and it's hard because a lot of Christians that they you know, their blanket responses, you know, you, you just got to love them. You just got to love them and it's like I I and I know that's the ultimate answer, but I'd like to see someone else, you know, how they what they go through with it, you know, just all the feelings that come up, you know, imagine if one of your kids came and, you know, and, and told you that, you know, what would you feel like, and what would you go through, you know, and how do you deal with that, and that's why I'm, I'm calling, because I really respect your, uh, I feel like you have really sound teaching, and you're very, you know, sane, and I just, I really respect you a lot, so I appreciate what well, you're saying and i will I will listen to this again when I can, and i will you know i will and I will think about it and try to put it into practice
0: and that's great, and I'm looking at a book here it reminds me this is a great call to announce this because later next year, if the Lord allows let me see if I can find it on my calendar, we have a special guest coming to our church. you can mark the date. It's June 1st and June 2nd. And we've had this booked for a year because it's very hard to get this family. But a man by the name of Christopher Yuan is going to be at Calvary Aurora on June 1st and 2nd in 2019. And it's going to be a special service with his family because Christopher lived a homosexual lifestyle for many years. And so they come and share what it was like his parents are with him on the stage. They have a discussion, a Bible study. It's, it's really an interactive event um, that answers the question exactly what you asked. And there's a book I want to mm. recommend to you uh, okay. that his mother wrote with him uh, from mm. her perspective. It's called Out of a Far Country, Out of a Far Country, and the last name is Y-U-A-N. And All right. This is their ministry. We'll... So they're going to do Sunday Saturday night, Sunday morning and then they're going to have a special Sunday night session. We'll be broadcasting it on uh you know online. We'll have it on Grace FM and it's that important that we are setting a weekend aside to bring this message to to Denver.
1: Well, that's awesome because I know it's becoming more and more prevalent. You know, I know more and more people are going through it. So, I think that's right. a really good Good idea to have, you know, to set some time aside for it. Definitely, Amen. and I will try to We're make good. it. Lord willing, I will I hope be you there. Do.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks, calling, Pastor Ed. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Taking your calls and your question. Uh, So somebody texted me uh, real quick about the church in Baltimore. Uh, My friend Josh Taransky is pastoring a church in Baltimore called Haven City Church. The website is baltimorechurch.com, and he wanted the address. And so I don't have the address, but I'm going to give the phone number. It's 443-842-5874. It's 443-842-5874 for everyone that's in Baltimore. All right? All right, let's go on to, where are we on our phone calls? Great call. I know that we're not taking too many calls today, but these are so good. Nick in Englewood. Nick, welcome to the program. Nick drops, sorry. Paul in Loveland, welcome to the program. Hey, Paul, you're on the air.
2: Hello, Pastor. Um Yes, um, earlier you, you had this message um, all about yoga.
0: Yes. Uh-huh.
2: And I just wanted to share a little bit of what I understand, because I didn't grow up in this country. I grew up in Malaysia. Okay. And, and I grew up among you know, a, a lot of Indian friends. And it's interesting that you know, when I was in elementary school, they even had like, a guru come in to demonstrate yoga. And, this is, and culturally, away from the United States, um, Indians of Hindu, you know, uh, not all Indians are Hindus, but those who are Hindus, they perceive that yoga is actually in the realm, very much in the realm of Hinduism. It doesn't okay. belong to any other religion, doesn't belong to any yes. other faith. It's, it's Hinduism, pure and simple. And not only is it, practi- it and it's not widely practiced among um, uh, Hindus. It's, it's actually something that is kind of a specialized more among the ascetics. So wow. then I come to the United States as a believer, yeah. and then I see this widespread growth of yoga. And yes. the way I understood even from my Indian friends is that even those stretching exercises, while they may be perceived to be, oh, these, those are just the, 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 the exercise part of it and not the meditative part of it, but those positions are very specific Um, offerings, even as you make those positions and you stretch them and you do those breathing exercises, they're actually dedicated to various aspects of the Hindu deity. And that is the reason why I I personally feel that um, when Christians indulge in yoga, you're actually moving far away from god even though you may not think so it's almost like you know you're practicing a form of occult but not understanding its full meaning you get what i'm yes, saying yes i
0: think i think of that um i think of that passage in uh, in the book of acts let me see let me find it um where in acts chapter 17 as paul's there on mars hill uh, he says truly these times of ignorance God is overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent and so I can see somebody getting involved in it for the perceived uh, exercise and calorie burning part of it ignorantly but once you do the once you do the research, um, it's why we'll never have anything known as Christian yoga at our church it just isn't going to happen uh, we we don't want to lead anyone to open themselves up to weird things and um, unbiblical things and demonic things and false worship. It's just better that we don't do it and stay away from it. So I appreciate your your input on that.
2: Yeah, because, you know, Christian yoga is, is like, how can you have Christian occultism, right? It's just, a, it's just right. an oxymoron. And the thing also that I have observed is that people who, you know, who start on yoga casually, eventually do form some kind of spiritual distance from their Christianity. Uh, you know, it's, I've seen that happen on a personal basis. It happened to a very dear friend of, of ours. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they, it becomes, they, they begin to stumble on their faith. And, yes. um, you know, and then the other thing that I do find also is that uh, as, you know, as a, a fellow believer, when I point out some of the background of, it, of yoga without attacking their own uh, practice of yoga, I find this level of um, defensiveness that is not of God, and that is, they say, but I'm only doing this out of exercise, and I'm saying, well, well, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that if you understand the background of this, would you continue to do it as a Christian? And a lot of times, it seems like the, the resistance or the defensiveness is not of God, so that that leads me to believe that you know this only further clouds your spiritual judgment and keeps the Holy Spirit from being able to tell you and, and 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 reach to you because you have adopted something else that's polluting your faith.
0: Well, and I think that sometimes we can be, and this is a this is a great kind of a theme that's been developed on the show today. But this whole idea of gray areas, or you know, we'll just let the Holy Spirit lead, um, and we won't give. Um, strong direction. Uh, there are times, as Bible teachers and leaders and pastors and even good Christian friends, that we sure, we are to give strong direction. Uh, we are to give a strong word because if if we set back and we say, "Well, we we'll let's let the Holy Spirit lead them," uh, the person could be grieving the Holy Spirit. The person could be uh, bringing uh, the, the Bible. God has been speaking to them, and they've been pushing away the inward conviction of the spirit in their lives and so what does he do he brings somebody that's also filled with the spirit and comes and says this is not good for you don't do this yeah but I, it, i'm not it doesn't bother me i'm not hurting anybody it's really the, the 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 challenge that we have in our culture today in in like unlike probably any other generation although we share uh, very human things throughout all generations but this narcissistic self uh, indulgent um, culture that we live in, uh, we're prone to. All of us are prone to it. And so, when it comes to something like this, that's kind of chic. It's kind of popular. Um, it's the cool thing to do. And I'm not really involved in the the Hinduism part of it. Um, this justification, instead of trying to get to the edge without going over, instead of just going and and doing real exercises or going hiring a trainer and letting them train you and and just staying away from things. Even if you don't see the immediate result, just staying away from things that are clearly not from God. Because, as I've shared before, compromise always breeds more compromise. And it's really sad to hear that you've experienced that with a close friend. I appreciate you calling today.
2: Yes, and I have a your quick prayer request. I, I, sure. I, I've been working with a, a prayer group, Start, I started a prayer group, and um, just want to pray for that prayer group. Uh, that Bible study group to grow in in faith and also in words. So if you could pray for me, since I'm leading that group, I would appreciate that.
0: Father, we pray for Paul and uh, just so grateful for the input that he shared on the show today and and his heart to gather together and pray. Um, I'm I'm grateful that it, that he desires to uh, stand on the solid word of. Of you, Jesus, when you said to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, you encourage us over and over again, not just to have prayer times and prayer meetings, but to have a prayer life that, that we are in constant communication with you. So bless this gathering, Lord. Bless it with men and women, uh, or whoever is invited, Lord, to, to have a passion for prayer, to not just see it as an event, but, but Lord, that this group would grow and that we would grow as a church as the body of Christ all throughout this region in our prayer lives, that we would be known as men and women of prayer. As you said, Jesus, um, your house should be a house of prayer. And may we be known and may we live that out in our lives. And bless Paul. Continue to use him greatly in the sphere of people that you bring into his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Bye-bye. All right, I want to take a quick question from the texting. It says, hey, Pastor Ed, I was wondering if there'll ever be a chance to see Grace TV on ever again. And then the follow-up was, if not, why? Great question. Grace TV was a ministry outreach of Calvary here in Aurora. And unlike Grace FM, our radio station, Grace TV, we had to lease those that that tv station so we didn't own it we leased it and we signed long-term leases uh to air grace tv we had to change channels three times but man we were so grateful and we leased it at a price that we could afford because we got no revenue at all it was it was completely an expense and investment of outreach for our station uh, for our church and so uh, will we ever see it again yes there's a chance if god will give us a a tv station or give us a good price on a TV station. Um, all the pieces would have come in, so we're not we are we are bummed that Grace TV is not on the air. And by the way, if you're listening from somewhere else, Grace TV was a low, was a, a digital channel over the air where we played Bible study and worship 24 hours a day, seven days a week, very much like Grace FM. But we since everybody's going back, so many people are going back to antennas. Uh, we were able to broadcast throughout Denver, uh, three different markets actually. And then the people that owned this did not tell us they were selling it; they just sold it, and we were so bummed because we probably would have considered buying it, or at least asking the church, you know, for if if they if they if it was possible. So uh, the only reason it's not on the air is our lease was up, and they didn't sell us the station; didn't even tell us. So it's possible, it's possible uh, that Grace TV will come back. We even kicked around some ideas of making a digital channel. Um, but i let me give you a channel that is um f- similar to this online uh, hischannel.com 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 a lot of calvary pastors on there a lot of programming there different things that you can it's a, it's a trustworthy uh website with quite a few calvary chapel pastor teaching pastors a lot of people that are on grace fm hope fm truth fm so But pray for us. We would love to reach through over the air back in Denver, throughout Colorado. It's a passion of ours to provide an alternative of steady, complete, uh, good teaching, Grace TV. So we're bummed that it's not on the air anymore, but that's the backstory behind it. All right, we're coming to the end of the show. Sorry everybody that's on hold, but we just can't get to your call today. I pray blessings on your life, those of you that are living for the Lord and Uh, Those of you that don't know Jesus Christ, that you would turn away from your sins today and accept him. Go to calvaryaurora.org and just click on the tab, How to Know God. You can do that at gracefm.com as well. And you can do that at edtaylor.org, which is my website where I blog and write articles. Uh, And I'm just so blessed to serve you. Um, I really think God had a word for someone about these gray areas. Go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or to our free app. And put in the word gray, and you'll come up with the Bible study. I think God has a word for you that you can get closer to the Lord and stay away from sin or even the possibility. Love you guys, your family. Appreciate you being a part of this station. And thank you for the privilege of serving you. God bless you. Have a great night in Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live.